Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My guest today is Kaylor Betts. So Kaylor and I got introduced by a mutual friend, Kelly, the holistic blonde. Shout out to Kelly. And when I spoke with Kelly, she was saying, you got to meet my friend Kaylor. We were just speaking similar language. We had a lot of things in common. We were both uh, very active with our podcasts and bringing on guests, speaking about the truth knowing that it has different different definitions for every single person and that our beliefs change over time. But when I first started to research Kaler, I realized that I found somebody that was really taking a stand for truth, the way that I define it, which is to speak out loud about some of the things that we're experiencing in this life, whether it be political or health-related or whatever, and just saying out loud things that, quite frankly, can be very polarizing on one side or the other, and knowing that there's a lot of gray area in the middle of all of that as well. But I just appreciate Kaler for who he is and how he shows up. And he's got a podcast called the Mental Wealth Podcast. Um, he's got an Instagram account that's exploding. He's had a few videos that have just gone crazy uh, viral, I guess you would say, with millions of views. And it was an opportunity for me to have a conversation with him to say, you know, why is he passionate about this space? Why is he passionate about supporting people on their mental health side of things? And as he refers to it, the mental wealth that we all possess, if we just look at things from a holistic view, not just a single-minded view of a pandemic or a decision by a government that we don't agree with and how we have two choices to make. One, to just kind of give in and say, well, I'm at the mercy of whatever somebody else tells me what to do. Or we have this true autonomy, this ability to be sovereign beings and make our own choices and analyze data and shift our beliefs and grow constantly. And naturally, I think anybody that's watching this kind of knows the bucket that I fall under when it comes to that. So I'm grateful that I get to have conversations like this with people like Kaler, because naturally, I feel like I'm finding my tribe. The more that I speak out loud, the more I'm connecting with people that are also on this journey to live their best life and to do it in a way where they're constantly challenging things. And at the same time, not feeling stressed or angry about it, but just wanting to take a stand for, you know, what is right and what is ultimately leading everybody to being happier. Cause that's what, that's what this is about, isn't it? It's about all of us desiring to be happy and knowing that we actually have the ability inside to tap into that true happiness, that true oneness. So, Kaylor, somebody I think you're going to really enjoy meeting. Let's go ahead and give this one a listen. All right, Kaylor Betts. So good to meet you finally, my friend. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, man, it's good to connect. I'm uh, honored to be here and uh, excited to see where this convo goes. Yeah, well, I appreciated that when we were just kind of bantering before we hit record that uh, you were open to just letting it kind of flow wherever it flows, which is how I like to do this podcast. Nothing structured, no questions in advance. <laughs> That's how I like to do everything in life, uh, particularly these days, man. Flow over force. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, that could be the theme for what we're going to talk about here then too, right? Because... Naturally, there's uh, a lot of topics that I'd like to dig in with you on. And of course, if anybody is following you and if they're not, I'll make sure to link it up. 
Um, you are speaking out loud about a number of different topics that you and I very much align on and really kind of focused around, uh, the mental health or mental wealth, as you like to refer to it. And I like framing it that way because there's so many ways to look at all of this stuff going on in the world and just think about the negative and the things that are pissing us off and the change that we want to see so desperately. And then I think we forget sometimes that ultimately we're all just flawed human beings that are trying to live our best lives and be happy. Right. So I like the fact that you're, you're really focused around that and your brand kind of speaks to it as well. So looking forward to introducing you to my network here as well today. Yeah, brother. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Let's do yes. it. All right. So really quick, I always ground everybody with this quote because it kind of sets the context to everything that we'll speak about, which is a Brene Brown quote where she says, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be somebody else's survival guide. And yeah, so that's, that's always kind of a like, oh yeah, let's go deep. Let's talk about this stuff. And I think what I want to do with you is I definitely want to tell your story a bit of like what brought you to here, but then also speak about the fact that, you know, this story is writing itself as we speak, right? It's constantly evolving and constantly changing. And, um, let's maybe begin first of all, of just having you introduce yourself, the elevator pitch of like, who is Kaler? What's, what's brought you to this point, man? Yeah. So I'm going to try and really give the 30,000 foot view here because, the there's obviously a lot of components. It's uh, very complex. Uh, all of the factors that brought me to where I'm at today. But I'll say this. So, you know, I like to say, I think the best way to describe it is I was just sick and tired for most of my life. I was in like, a, I like to say a battle with my mind. Okay. Um, I really, really struggled mentally and internally there was a lot of suffering going on and i didn't really know why right you know i i just had no clue why i was suffering uh, in the way that i was and i didn't even know where to start to change it and it was actually to a point where i thought you know i always thought i was different um but i thought maybe this was just something that you know everyone has their battles everyone has their you know suffering that they go through which is true but to the extent that i had it it was to a great degree um and it wasn't normal um, so I, I, you know, I, I would say, and, and I love this quote that you brought up, uh, by Brene Brown, um, which actually reminds me of a quote I've been saying a lot lately, which is, um, by young Pablo who says, a hero is someone who heals his wounds and then teaches others to do the same. Mm -hmm. I would say that's maybe just a more simplistic version. Brene Brown kind of says a little more romanticized version of it, which I loved. And uh, I, I'm going to not forget that one. Um, but that's essentially my journey. I mean, you, Trevor, you could not have brought up a better quote. Um, I did what you were supposed to do when I kind of got to a certain, you know, a, a certain age where I was like, okay, I got to do something about this. I finally started to learn about like what depression was, what anxiety was. I started to, you know, kind of learn what eight, you know, eight, what they call ADHD is and, you know, not being able to focus and, I thought, okay, well, I got to do something about this. So I did what, you know, they tell you to do in society. It's to go see the professionals, right? And go into the Western clinical system, which is there to help us when we are suffering, um, you know, with these kinds of things. And that's what I did. So I went, 
So I did what you know you're supposed to do. I went and I saw the quote unquote professionals. I went into the Western clinical system that we have available to us that is supposed to help us when we are suffering either mentally or physically, right? And, you know, look, I'm just going to be really blunt about my experience. You know, it was uh, pretty, pretty limited, pretty flawed <laughs> uh, from my experience. Uh, you know, really all I seemed to get was um, a, you know, prescription pad with uh, some sort of, you know, SSRI or benzodiazepine or, you know, um, uh, ADHD drug, you know, written on it and, and saying, Hey, here's a pill that you're probably going to have to be on forever because you have, and they would give me a label. Like you have, you know, depression, you have anxiety, you have ADHD. Um, and this is a disease, right? This is a chemical imbalance and this is a disease. And, you know, I left those appointments pr feeling pretty disempowered, right? Uh, like, wow, I need to rely on a pill in my 20s, you know, to just feel good. Um, and then when I went to therapy and, and saw, you know, mental health professionals, it was really just seemingly it just, you know, was talk therapy, right? So I, and look, I just kind of got to a point where I was pretty um, tired of just talking about my problems and, you know, um, also was pretty tired uh, about the idea of, and just didn't like the idea of having to be on a pharmaceutical for the rest of my life just to feel good. And I thought there's, it's just gotta be something wrong here, right? This just doesn't seem right. And, you know, I still think about what it was innately in me that really uh, made me feel like, um, or, or made, made me come to the realization that there wasn't something right there. Um, it was just kind of a gut feeling. And then I just, I took ownership of my health. I went on this journey where I, you know, luckily we live in this age where we have so much access to incredible information. There's a lot of bad information, but there's also a lot of really good information out there. And I took my health into my own hands and I went on a journey where I tried everything, Trevor. I tried, you know, everything mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And um, I, I, it wasn't pretty. It was scrappy. It was up and down. Um, but it just got better and better and better. And now I've gotten to a point where, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but truly most days I am thriving. I've gotten to a place that I never imagined I would. And going back to that young Pablo and Brene Brown quote, um, I now help others uh, do the same. Other people who are in crisis in their life, who have tried the Western clinical system um, and or maybe even, you know, maybe even the Western clinical system is doing their part and working for them. But, um, you know, we help kind of upgrade people's mental health without drugs, without pharma, right? Because there's so much we can do outside of that. And if we're not taking care of the things outside of pharma, you know, uh, in my opinion, my strong opinion, we're not doing enough. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect lead in to where to these many paths that we'll go down on this conversation, because I want to understand too when when was this that you're referring to where you've kind of hit a point where you knew you wanted to go and seek help and you started looking into this Western, you know, system of go and do the talk therapy and walk away frustrated. So I know the way in which I described it, it sounded like it was a moment. Yeah, it wasn't a moment. It, it was, years, was right? over the course of a few years. Yeah, it was kind of like going diving in and like 
dipping my toes in the Western clinical world and then being like, no, there's got to be a better way. So, and it was a slow transition, but to give you some like specifics, it would have been from about 21 to 24 years old. So it was over the span of about three years. Uh, and that's just a recollection of my memory. Um, so who knows if it was actually that, but my memory tells me that it was around 21 to 24 that that transition started to happen. Gotcha. And how old are you right now? I'm 33. Okay. So we're talking like a decade ago, then you were looking at this, like the context that I'm really wanting to frame for myself and anybody that's listening to is like, was this last year, a year into the (laughs) pandemic or was this 10 years ago, you know, which I think is important for people to understand because. But let me, and, and Trevor, sorry to interject, but one thing that's so important is I'm still on that journey, right? So like I said, I don't have it all figured out. It's just like, I'm, it's kind of like investing, you know, you kind of start with like the basics, right? You start with like, okay, you got to spend less than you earn. You got to save, you got to pay yourself first. You got to make sure you're not in credit card debt. Okay. Maybe we can start buying some assets once we get paid. And then once you start buying some, some assets, maybe, you know, you buy a property. Okay. Now we can maybe, you know, you, you get your saving for the future. And then now maybe we can get into like some more advanced stuff. We can maybe get into, you know, some, uh, well, some maybe basic investing like index funds or whatever. And then you can get into some advanced stuff, like maybe like maybe crypto, maybe private equity, maybe all these things. And, and that's, and, but, but yet if you're an investor, even Ray Dalio or Warren Buffett, they're still investing. They're still learning. They're still working on getting to that next level. And I feel the same way when it comes to my mental health or my, my wellness, if you will. Um, I am always learning, always growing. It's just things have maybe gotten much more advanced is maybe the best way to to put it yeah it's a journey isn't it and um i think if we have coaches or mentors or guides in our life that aren't actually on the journey with us then we found the wrong coach and the wrong mentor and the wrong guide that vulnerability and honesty of like hey i'm still in this game that we call life myself too that's an incredible piece a hundred percent and also the basics keep coming up in my life, I still have to remind myself of, okay, I got to wake up and I got to get some sun in my eyes. I got to make sure I regulate my circadian rhythm and get into deep sleep cycles. I got to make sure that I'm eating real food and here are the foods that I know I'm sensitive to. So I have to, you know, restrict myself and uh, restrict my my eating so that I don't include those because I feel better. I got to make it to the gym and move my body, you know, every day. Um, I got to put my feet on the ground, you know, like it, it, it really is something where as much as yes, things have, you know, I'm looking for how to up level and I look for, you know, advanced modalities, if you will. Um, I constantly have to remind myself that I need to do the basics. Now, most of them are actually automatic behaviors because I've done them with so much repetition. Um, but it, but it really is important to, to always go back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of variations of it, but that hierarchy of, you know, having an intention and then creating a behavior that then turns into a habit that then becomes a way of being and then you don't even think about it, right? But then you keep layering on extra pieces. And I know I've been guilty of this over the years, too, of wanting to hack my way to everything, you know, like the ultimate best life, (laughs) financially, relationships, you name it. And quite frankly, I've learned that, yeah, it doesn't really work like that. Like, go get the basics down and just stay the course and then keep layering on the pieces. Of course, you know, we're always aspiring for, for the next evolution, but, um, it's important that you said that as well. 
but yeah, so I want to maybe take us through a bit of a journey here too, because the reason I set the context there too, of understanding kind of like how long you've been in the space of really paying attention to your own mental health. And then eventually seeing that like, Hey, maybe I can help others with this. Um, obviously the last two years, two and a half years, we've seen an acceleration in mental health challenges, I guess we would say, but not necessarily a conversation that's elevated at the same equal rate, if you know what I mean. And I'm interested to know for you what, so where were you and what were you doing in like February, 2020 before all of this pandemic stuff hits? And then let's maybe talk through the journey on that, man. Like, what were you doing before all of this? Yeah, good question. I was, I'll never forget. I was actually, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I, I, I fell asleep on my couch one night and uh, I woke up in the morning to the TV still being on. Very bad habit, people. You know, <laughs> make sure you sleep in your bed. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Um, but I woke up to some sort of news channel being on and it was someone, uh, the anchor saying that there was a virus that was discovered in uh, China. Mm. And I'll never forget, I couldn't get back to sleep. It was really early in the morning and I, that's uncharacteristic of me, but I couldn't get back to sleep because, you know, I had been, you know, hearing about how pandemics are obviously a existential threat and uh, had been doing a little bit of research on that and was just kind of like, you know, operating with the thinking of like, okay, it's going to be coming someday, right? That's what they, you know, always told us. And I just remember being like, oh shit, okay, this, uh, this sounds, this sounds real. Now, uh, that was in February when I believe we kind of first learned about it. And then I actually had a wedding to go to in Mexico with like, you know, most of my family. And so we went to Mexico and there was still some talk about it. And I was kind of asking some people in my network about it and what their thoughts were about it. But, you know, no one was really taking it seriously yet at that point. Um, and then we found the first case in Canada shortly after that. I think that was, um, I don't know, maybe in, uh, maybe in late February, I can't remember. But anyways, I had a trip to Bali um, because I like to escape for the winters. I work fully remote. So I had a trip to Bali and I was going to spend the rest of the winter in Bali. So I went to Bali and it was interesting being in Asia while this was all playing out, you know, and in Bali, it wasn't really a huge thing. People started to, you know, wear masks and stuff like that. Anyways, uh, fast forward to um, I was really keeping an eye on this because I really like to stay up with current events and I just, I'm so fascinated by how the world works and just, you know, the political landscape, economical landscape, societal landscape. And, um, you know, I started to ask some, you know, people close to me, you know, whether they were a doctor or, you know, they, some people who worked in like, you know, WestJet to see what the flight situation was going on. And anyways, I came to the conclusion on March 3rd, 2020, that, uh, I was there with a friend and I actually called him into the room and I said, you know what? I think we should go home. And I predicted that the world was going to shut down. And um, I, I'm giving my, it sounds like I'm giving myself a lot of credit. I think you could really <laughs> easily see the writing on the wall that the world was going to sh shut down. So we booked a flight. I got home on March 10th and I went from living in my element in Bali. Like it was like, you know, just a dream time for me because, you know, I don't think I need to explain Bali is a pretty cool place. And I was just living life, you know, business was good, you know, everything was good. And I went from living in that 
to very shortly getting one of the last flights out of Bali to go home uh, to Alberta. I was actually in Calgary with with my friend because I wasn't even seeing my family at that time because of, you know, the, the, the virus and, you know, everyone was so, you know, particular about, you know, seeing each other and uh, for obvious reasons. And I went from that to a minus 20, like plus 30 every day to a minus 20 snowstorm in Calgary going to the grocery store and stocking up food on food in case supply chains, you know, completely failed and, uh, living in this little apartment with, uh, my buddy that I was, uh, with in Bali. So it was quite a shift and I'll pause there, but that's, and then, and then I stayed in Canada for quite a bit and I did the whole quarantine. There was a few months of quarantine in the beginning and I did that with uh, my buddy and, um, I'll pause there because yeah. I don't want to go on too long, but that was, that was how it all played out with well, me. I appreciate that. I you just brought back memories. It's funny, you know, two years goes by like that and you forget about that time when you went rushing to the grocery store to stock up on toilet paper. Like it seems like insanity thinking back on it now, but, um, but yeah, it was. Yeah. And I know for me in February of 2020, my wife and I had actually got back from Vegas. And I remember at that time too, just to tell another kind of story in the similar context, there were people on the plane that were head to toe, like look like they stepped out of the outbreak movie. And I was like, what in the hell is going on right now? You know, but th- yet there was no Paul, there was nothing in place then. Like you could freely move around and all that kind of stuff. But it was a really, really strange time. I actually forgot about that until just this moment, but so the the mental wealth side of things and and the coaching that you're doing and the podcast and all of that did you start it around that time or was it before even Yeah it was before um the actual mental wealth brand I mean I've been a coach for almost 13 years um and I've I've done some different things I had a gym for 5 years so I did a lot of like physical uh health side of things but it was about 5 or so years ago that I started to transition more into the life coaching, if you will. It's not a great uh, way to describe or great term to describe what I do. But um, I think that gives people more context about, you know, going into more of the mindset side of things. I do a lot of work with the subconscious mind um, and and mindset principles, but then also getting into like, you know, regulating our nervous system and, and helping with stress and physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, because we take a very uh, holistic approach uh, when it comes to mental health. Um, but, uh, yeah. Was that your question, Trevor? I want to make yeah. sure I answer. Yeah, no, that, that answers it. I, I just trying to get the, the context of the timelines of all of this. So obviously you've been kind of in the space of, of supporting others in different modalities, maybe starting with the physical side and then layering on pieces, but the, so the mental wealth, uh, brand and the podcast was starting just previous to all of the whole pandemic stuff starting. And, um, I know in that first year, it was almost kind of a blur for everybody, wasn't it? And then come around the summertime of 2021 is when I know personally, I started to really notice some things on the mental health side of things, but just in the communication of what we were being told by the media and then decisions that were being made in the, on the political level where I started to question like, what is going on here? It just didn't seem to add up. And um, I'd love for you to speak out loud maybe about that side of things too, because where I'm going with this too is, is obviously, again, anybody that hasn't listened to you, you have been speaking very, um, uh, outspokenly about all of this stuff as I have I, but I believe you've na- maybe even taken it to another level as far as like really 
speaking the truth, man. And that's why I say I appreciate you and I appreciate having this conversation because um, a lot of people have been really scared to do so. And I think the one other thing I'll say before I let you respond on that too is that when I finally decided to start speaking out and saying, look, guys and gals, like I opened a door and I saw some shit and I heard some stuff and I have beliefs around things that have now completely shifted forever. And I just can't not say anything about it anymore, you know? And it, that's obviously opened all kinds of stuff for me of like fears of what are my family going to think and friends and am I going to alienate people? Am I going to piss people off? But Maybe talk about that, man, that like the last year type thing. And I realize I'm kind of leaving an open floor here for you to just speak about whatever, but let, let's just go with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. This is the most common question I get and, um, it's a loaded question for sure, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a good place to go. And, uh, there's a lot of different components to it, but I, I will say this, um, there was a time where, you know, pre April 8th, two thousand. 20, um, uh, sorry, uh, 2021. Um, so just over a year ago, let's say around a year and a half ago, um, I decided to, to speak out and I even named the specific date because that was the first video that I put out and it was a nine minute rant. I just turned on my phone and I just ranted and that video ended up, you know, getting over a million views and was very heavily shared and, um, you know, people loved it and hated it. It was very polarizing, but it was one of, uh, to my knowledge, it was one of kind of the first videos that really got pushed out there, particularly in Canada on social media of someone giving a counter narrative, right? I think a lot of people's heads were starting to go there, but it was just the first maybe video that like a lot of people were sharing and, and that, that didn't match the narrative in which we were hearing from the government, the health officials and the media. Right. And it was just a really interesting time because it, it really started, my video actually really kind of uh, created a fire for anyone, you know, particularly in like the Western Canada area um, where people started to, uh, have the conversation like what do you think about this video what do you think you know and it was uh, really interesting to see and it kind of um, you know and then more people started to kind of speak out as well too and uh, I think that's really what it is it's um, you know there's um, a lot of people who are kind of in the middle who kind of need um, to know because we often have this fear of like if I say something that is inconvenient for the people around me or that they don't like then I'm going to you know potentially be abandoned rejected criticized criticized um, you know feel shame and we're really afraid of these things right so you know I was happy to kind of take the lead but before then I, I was really playing it safe I was I was often talking about things that were we're safe. And, and just, I knew people would, would like, uh, I knew weren't polarizing. Um, and you know what, to a certain extent that was inauthentic because even though I believed in the things that I was saying, it still was hiding my realist authentic self, right? It was really hiding, you know, I would self-censor myself, right? Because I would want to say one thing, but I'd be like, oh, I can't say that because then I'm going to get criticized. I'm going to get people who unfollow me and all these things. And COVID was the perfect opportunity for me to just, you know, absolutely 
put out a nine minute video, not self-centered. My heart was racing when I put out the video, but it was such a relief, Trevor, because it was, you know, there's something about facing your worst nightmare, which really, it was like, there was a lot of public humiliation. You know, I lost like cousins that I share Christmas dinner with were, you know, posting things about me that about my video, I lost acquaintances, I lost friends. Um, there was crazy things going on, university professors going on, you know, media to debunk my video and all this stuff. And it was, it was really hard, you know, because I felt really unsafe. You know, I think there's something innately in us that's like, if people are heavily criticizing you, you almost feel like you're unsafe. Cause I think for most of human history, if that happened and we weren't accepted by our tribe and, and the community around us, we were thrown to the wolves. It was literally life or death. You know, so I had to kind of like remind my nervous system that I was safe, but it, it was amazing, Trevor, because I like to often say that I got through it. The sun rose the next day. I was all in one piece. And when I had that realization and I saw the love coming in as well, too, I was like, shit, man, like, this is amazing. Like, I, I actually now feel like a big load off of me, like a monkey off my back and I can just go out and I can just speak my yeah. truth. I love that, man. And especially the part where you said, remind my nervous system that I'm safe, because I think that's really speaking to the core of what that feeling is, right? It's not even necessarily real. Because like you say, we're not living in medi medieval times where if you said the wrong thing about the king, you just literally got your head chopped off, right? We're, we're lucky that we live in a uh, society. And I think that's another important thing to even say out loud, too, is... Uh, I've had some of the pushback on what I've said out loud is people say like, Oh, are you comparing us to North Korea? It's like, no, I'm not. It's like, I'm very grateful for the fact that we live in a country as effed up as many of the political systems seem to be that this is not a dictatorship where they kill people or people disappear if you say the wrong thing. So, but then it is a matter of self-regulation though. Right. Cause, um, I appreciate what you said too, even of, of the moment that you recorded it and put it out publicly. Cause I remember my date too. It was, it's funny how we remember these times, right? But it was January. I want to say 20th. It was right around the end of January. I sat down and recorded a video where by the time I got done it and I was about to hit publish, I thought, Oh my God, I sound like an angry 14 year old hockey player old version of myself that used to just want to fight everybody, you know? And I thought, am I going to hold back from publishing this thing because of that thought that I'm actually putting on myself or am I just going to do it? And I just put it out, man. And I went through a very similar experience. Everything that I thought could possibly happen happened, you know, family wouldn't respond to me. Um, I had a cousin who was working in the medical system, actually, who was, very upset with me, <laughs> you know? And at the same time though, I'm so glad that I did it because it actually opened up the space for me to continue down this journey and to also realize that there was a lot of anger in my message then that then became acceptance of like, what is right. Did you have a similar experience? Like when you first recorded that, where you were like, this is wrong. And you're just kind of pissed off at the world to then evolving to seeing all perspectives on this or what's been your journey on that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, look, I think that there is a time and a place for uh, all of the emotion, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the emotions. So I think um, the first video that I put out, I mentioned it was a rant, right? And a rant uh, that insinuates that there's like some, some anger, you know, some, some frustration, 
And that's the energy behind the message. And that's all it was. There was also a lot of logic though, right? So I, I think what's really important is that there's room for anger and frustration, but when we get hyper emotional, that often turns off the logical part of our brain, right? So I had to kind of really balance the two and I didn't put out a video right away, right? It's, it, it was kind of, I knew it was kind of a reversible decision. Once I put it out there or irreversible decision, I should say, once I put it out there, I knew that, you know, if people started sharing it and it started to, to get spread, you can't really undo that, right? So I took my time with it. And I think that's really important. But I think the anger and the frustration was really important behind uh, the message of that video and what people felt as the anger and the frustration. Because at that time, there were a lot of people who were angry and frustrated. But they were angry and frustrated uh, in large part because they were suppressing that message. And then here they saw me and the feedback that I really got was like, thank you for sharing what we've all been thinking. And they really related to my anger and my resentment. Now, if I just continued to just post angry rants, and I won't name names, but I know some accounts that just do angry rants, I think that's disempowering. And I want my message at the end of the day to provide solutions. Like what the, okay, yeah, we're all frustrated and we're angry. Now, what the fuck do we do about it? Because I don't want to be in victim mode. I am huge on ownership and personal responsibility. I don't want to just sit there with my community and bitch and, and say, woe is us, right? The entire time, because, you know, winners focus on what they can control and they take ownership and responsibility of that. And they surrender to that, which isn't in their control. So I have my rants. I have my videos where I go on. I have my anger that I express. I think we need to honor these emotions, right? We don't have to be positive all the time. We do not have to be positive all the time because what we're going through right now really sucks if you're at least awake to it. There's a lot of people who um, aren't awake to, uh, to it, obviously. But I think that's really the key. And then we got to talk about like, okay, but we have to be optimistic, right? Elon Musk says, I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right, right? Because if we're optimistic, which just means we believe in a better future, right? We believe that the future will be better. If we don't have that, we have nothing, Trevor. And that's really the message that I'm really trying to convey. Yeah, and I think that there's many different angles that people have come at this as well, too. And I know one of the things that I was really challenged with when I first started to speak out in January was kind of that, well, who am I? I'm actually pretty well off, you know? Like, I didn't lose my job. I haven't had a job in 12 years, you know what I mean? Like, I've been running my own businesses and doing my own thing. So, am I actually, you know, a bit a bit pretentious or whatever the right word would be for saying something out loud? But then I thought, no, wait a second. The message that I was speaking from was the fact that because I chose to not get vaccinated – and the policies in BC at that time were that you aren't allowed to participate in any kind of activities that involve you going into, into a facility, including your kids' swimming lessons, that I was actually being robbed of being a parent with my kids and creating memories. And that was the foundation of it. And that actually I was able to really ground in and say, no, this is my story. It's not the everything. And yes, I'm grateful and blessed in many, many ways, but it was still painful and it still hurts. And look, there's two, you bring up a really good point. There's two things I want to say about this. It really drives me nuts when people say, you have no idea, 
you know, like you could be living in North Korea, you could be in Afghanistan. Look, you don't think I know that. You don't think I'm grateful that I don't live in North Korea or, or Afghanistan. But when someone has kidney disease, you don't go up to them and you don't say, or if someone has, maybe that's a bad example, let's say diabetes, right? Let's say someone just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You don't go up to someone with type 2 diabetes and say, well, at least you don't have terminal brain cancer, right? Like you just wouldn't say that, right? So it doesn't mean that we shouldn't honor, you know, any sort, anything. And it's all relative, right? And here's the other thing too, Trevor, is people need to understand history, right? I'm, when I fight for freedom, right? Because we call, you know, our group, one of the names is freedom fighters. A lot of people will say, you know, who are obviously on the other side and don't agree with us will say that we're being overdramatic or like we have no idea how grateful we should be and how, how free we really are. Um, I do believe we are still very free. But if you study history, right, I'm trying to protect our future. I see the writing on the wall. I see things crumbling. I see very dangerous narratives in the government, I see very dangerous agendas. And I'm not sure, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with this, but I'm going to uh, reiterate the boiling frog syndrome, right? This is to me one of the best ways to really exemplify what I think is happening, right? If you take a pot of water and it's, you know, boiling, uh, and you take a frog and you throw the frog in there, the frog's going to jump out right away. It's going to notice right away that the boiling water is hot. Very similarly, if we got dropped into North Korea, all of a sudden, we'd want to get the hell out of there, right? Yeah, you'd notice it. Yeah, Exactly. But if you take that same frog and you put it in a pot of water that's lukewarm, he'll go in there very comfortably. And if you slowly rise the temperature, slowly heat it up over time, it will be too late before the frog actually realizes because it happens so slowly over time, it will be too late before the frog actually realizes it's too hot and he will boil to death. This to me is a very good example that exemplifies what could be happening. So I'm not sitting here when I fight for freedom saying, oh my gosh, we're so hard done by, even when it was like we couldn't get on a plane. Now, don't get me wrong. Literally, my government decided to take away something that I enjoy the most, something that brings me the most joy uh, and adventure in my life, the things that I appreciate, uh, you know, uh, most about my life, which is travel. I couldn't, it is crazy that we couldn't even get on a plane or a train. We couldn't even leave our own country. We're along with North Korea and China, the only countries in the world to do that. That's no joke. And I think people forget about that. However, I still wouldn't complain about that and really say, oh my God, poor me, I'm suffering and play victim. It's like, where is this headed? And if you guys don't wake up and understand, no matter what side you're on, I don't care if you're pro-vax, anti-vax, in the middle, wherever you're at on COVID and this whole situation, if you don't see the dangers, if you don't see the slippery slope and the thin line that we're on when you realize that millions of people can't even get on a, a, a plane or a train. Well, what happens with the next issue when it actually is pertinent to you and your beliefs? Yeah, very important that you say that because I, I use the reference of like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? It's, it's a slow, slow process, but it eventually leads to the same thing. And my 
the video that I recorded actually in the podcast that I put out after I had my rant video that was to just say like, here's why this is pissing me off was to say the reason why this pisses me off is because we're not measuring the right things or talking about the right things. So my very next episode was titled, let's talk um, mental health and suicide. And I told a story about my cousin who actually committed suicide 25 years ago. And at the time, Social media didn't exist. We didn't have cell phones even, you know, there was no way to even reach out for help. But his son, who was two years old at the time when he, when my cousin committed suicide, actually reached out to me the week before I published that, that podcast episode, just out of the blue. And I typically don't hear from him very often. So it was really shocking, right? I was like, whoa, what the heck is Drew doing on my phone? And he just reached out though with an expression of gratitude. It wasn't one of, you know, pain or suffering or whatever. He was just, Hey, I just was thinking about you and wanted to say, I really appreciate who you've been in my life growing up. But it just hit me right there, man, where I thought, Holy shit. Like the fact that he reached out to me made my heart jump. Number one, but how many people don't reach out and ask for help or get the kind of affirmation and the feedback that they need to know that there's people there to support them. And that's why it became a part of my mission, man, to be a part of the positive change and the voice here too, was we were measuring the wrong things. But then naturally, and this is the question I have for you too, is so people go, people would say, well, what do you mean measuring the wrong things? Like we're measuring the rates of infection and we're measuring this. And so I started to say like, well, are we measuring the effectiveness of a hug or a smile or human interaction or touching or social activities or playing cards for seniors in homes. And it, it led down to this crazy path, man, of like trying to connect with neuroscientists and social behavioral scientists and speaking with you right now. But I'd like to get your feedback on that too. From your perspective, how concerning is this from a mental health perspective? Because you're working with people on this topic too. You know, we have such a narrow scope of focus and when i say we i mean just our 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 societal approach and strategy to covid was such a narrow scope we were looking through such a narrow lens of like it was all about like you said it was all about like infection rate and you know number of infections and uh deaths and you know it's just like don't get me wrong. That is a piece of the puzzle. We do have a virus. I am of the belief that COVID was a real t- disease. Um, yeah. I got COVID, right? It was, it was, too, no joke, it, right? it was no joke, right? It was no joke, right? But same with strep throat. You know, I've been bedridden from tonsillitis or strep throat or a sinus infection, the flu, food poisoning, right? We, here's the deal. Seneca has a really good quote. He says, we often suffer more in imagination than in reality. Right. And I don't think there's a better quote to really exemplify when it comes to a mental health uh, from a mental health perspective. If you want to, you know, know my opinion about what we've been through in the last two and a half years, what kills me, Trevor, is how much fucking suffering that we've done in imagination. Right. And who's responsible for that? The people that we're watching on a daily basis throughout it all right? Particularly in the beginning, right? And they come on there with their collared shirts and their suits and their ties and, and they come on there and they 
basically just instill fear inside of us, right? About what's going on. And it is so their message and their narrative was so doom and gloom, right? For a disease that was so evident that if you're metabolically healthy and under like 65 years old, you know, you don't really have much to worry about. If you're not, you know, obese, if you don't have numerous health conditions, right? You don't have much to worry about and you should go out and you should enjoy your fucking life. You should go out and you should still get sunshine. You shouldn't be afraid of air because that's what they made us afraid of, right? Imagine a world where they literally made us afraid to connect deeply with those around us and look each other in the eye and go outside and and get air and, and go into a gym and move your body, right? And, and go to your business, which, man, there is nothing more important from a mental health perspective than meaning and purpose, having a North Star, having a mission, something that you work towards, something that's greater than you. And guess what? They took all of that away from us and they said, stay in your fucking homes and live in fear. And you can tell now I'm getting into rant mode. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to the, the anger and the frustration because they are so narrowly focused on the strategy and the solution. Look, mental health, I said it from the get-go, you need to take a holistic approach, right? Um, and that's the key to really getting an abundance of mental health, which is what I romantically call mental wealth, right? It's a holistic approach. So... The, the unfortunate thing is we only listen to medical professionals. And if you aren't seeing the video here, I'm putting that in, in quotes. And well, what are medical professionals meant to do? They're meant to diagnose and treat with medicine. They're meant to be reactive to whatever disease, ailment or illness that we have. And that's what they did. They reacted to it. And they had a very narrow scope of like, okay, let's just not see each other. Let's cover our face with cloth. Uh, Let's shut down our livelihoods and let's wait for this vaccine to come out. And everyone should get the vaccine, by the way. Like that was their solution. And it's like, man, that is just, I I, I don't, and, and, and I've talked to doctors. I've had doctors on my podcast. I've you know, I'm not, it's not like some medical professionals don't get it, but you don't have to be a doctor to see how destructive this has been to our mental health, which by the way, is so congruent and connected to our physical health, obviously, and our immune systems and our metabolic health, which was so important in combating COVID. You don't have to be a doctor to see how much they're neglecting the mental health side of things. And it's just crazy. You know, it's crazy that they they took that approach, but here we are and we're still fighting it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why conversations like this matter, because this isn't the first time I've spoken about this. It's certainly not the first time you've spoken about it, but you and I are bringing a certain energy to the conversation and somebody's going to hear this for the first time that might have been of the belief that everything that they hear on the news is the truth. And they may have that moments like you and I both had where it's like, wait a second. Did I just see that? (laughs) Did I just hear that? (laughs) And then there's a choice to be made, right? You either, it's the blue pill, red pill analogy, right? You either choose to move forward and in ignorance, or you move forward and realize that everything that you believe to be true may not be true, or at least variations of it, you know? 
And it scares the shit out of people, man. And on that note, actually, because I know we're going to wrap up the conversation here pretty quick, but I want to speak to the positives of this too, because you and I are very similar. And this is why I said I was looking forward to chatting with you, man. Is like, I love a good rant and to just speak the truth out loud. But what are the positives that you've seen from all of this? And naturally, where do you see yourself even evolving to as all of the, because this isn't the last time that we're going to have these kind of, it's not just a pandemic conversation, right? There's all kinds of topics that are coming up that are making you go, that doesn't seem right. So what are the positives, man? And where do you see yourself evolving to? Yeah, I love how this is one of the last places we're going. Look, there is an opportunity in every difficulty. I really believe that our adversities, our greatest adversities have gifts if you see them and if you take advantage of them. I often say that we have to go through a breakdown to go through a breakthrough. And there's a few components to this. The first one is that one of the most powerful, let's call it methodologies or modalities to increasing mental health or creating more mental wealth is gratitude. And I'll tell you what, if you just went through the last two and a half years and you aren't more grateful for all the good things in your life, it's time to reevaluate. I'm worried about you. Yeah. I'm worried about you. It's time to reevaluate your perspective on life. I have never been more grateful for, especially now that things have quote unquote, you know, gone back to normal again, just in terms of like our daily more formalities, right? Things are normal again. Like if you don't have extra gratitude right now, yeah, we got to, we got to go back to the drawing board. That's number one. But there's also never been a time to be able to connect more deeply with people who are in alignment with the same values that you have and of the same beliefs, right? And again, another modality that uh, is, and another factor in creating mental wealth is connecting with people on a deep level, right? That's like medicine to us. And I'll tell you what, if, if, if at this point with everything we've been through in the last two and a half years, if you haven't found a tribe of people who are your ride or dies, you haven't deeply connected even more with people. And by the way, that often comes with loss, right? So a lot of people have lost people in their lives during this. That is not a bad thing. You can't lose something that wasn't aligned in the first place, right? This is just basically, you know, COVID was a magnet and a filter. It was a magnet in that it attracted the right people into your life. And it probably filtered out people who shouldn't be there, right? Um, It was also an incredible time to speak your truth, right? And I know some people say like, Kayla, there's only the truth or the untruth. And and I get that. But when I say your truth, I mean, being your authentic self, what, what you believe to be true, because we all have different beliefs. So it's really hard to really come up with the exact truth in every realm. So there's never been a time to speak your truth. That's also really healthy for mental health. It increases self-worth, it increases self-confidence. And um, it's been a massive opportunity for that. And then lastly, it's been an incredible opportunity to wake the fuck up to what actually is going on in the world, right? Like I didn't really care much about Paul. I was just getting into politics before COVID. I was just kind of getting into like, you know, economics and like how, how our society works and like, 
you know, the future of our planet, the future of our, uh, you know, governments and our economy, like all these things, man, I really care about those things now. And I think it's really important that we know who we're electing into, into office. And, and I think, more people are awake. Look, I'll, I'll just say it bluntly. The fact that Joe Rogan is the number one listened to platform in history, actually, and is kicking the fuck out of CNN and their ratings, that gives me hope, right? And I think that people are really interested in platforms like Joe Rogan all the way down to platforms like this and our platforms because people actually want to know the truth. And a lot of people are becoming awake to the fact that, oh, CNN actually isn't the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I got two more questions for you, man. One is, you know, you just brought up the the thought of like the evolution in the last like four months. In fact, when I reached out to you, I mentioned that we had a retreat, which we did last weekend. Um, we had eight guys there, eight men at a retreat. We called it the Extremely Conscious Retreat. What an incredible experience, man. And it was solely for the fact that we got human beings in person able to give good hugs, man, high fives, go on hikes, do some cool shits, you know, ride on electric e-foils. Amazing. So my question is, um, are you planning on doing any live in-person stuff for your through your work and your coaching? And then are you doing any traveling anytime soon too? Yeah, that's a really good question. I want to do in-person stuff and we get a lot of requests to do it because most of my following is Western Canada. So, and I, we're very, um, we're, we're, we, we, we know that. So we do want to do some in-person stuff. We just have so much going on, man. Our, our business has grown so rapidly. Our team is, is growing. The podcast is growing. You know, we're trying to get good guests on, which we are. We're getting incredible guests on. We're getting, you know, and I got to do a solo soda every week. I have my group academy. I actually have two group academies. You know, we have, uh, you know, coaching calls and we have training that we build. Obviously, I have my social platforms and then I have a life to live, right? So, um, it's a lot. It's a I lot. am. Uh, it, it is a lot, but I definitely want to do something in person. I know that we have to. And I think what it's going to be is it's going to be something in person where people from my group academy can come because we have people from all over, um, but a lot of people from Western Canada and the Mental Wealth Academy, it's called. And then, you know, we'll also give access to other people that want to come in and join who maybe aren't a part of the academy as well too. And yeah, just do something like you said, where you just, you can get together and you can actually, you know, see each other and look each other in the eyes and give each other a hug and do some incredible stuff. So it's, it's in the works. Let's say that. Feel that energy. Right. And then the other part I was asking you too, is are you planning on doing any traveling anytime soon? Cause you referenced the fact that we can get on planes now. So yeah, man. Well, I think, to, yeah, tonight I think I'm actually booking a flight to Vancouver and then Kelowna, or actually maybe Kelowna first. Um, so we should get together, Trevor, um, when I come. And I think I'm going to even be going maybe this weekend and then to Vancouver, and then I'll probably go over to Vancouver Island. Uh, but I just, I spent six months in the States last winter. So, you know, I kind of am pretty bullish on Canada right now. I'm just enjoying seeing everything somewhat back to normal. And, uh, yeah, and I'm probably going to explore BC a little bit this summer, but I'm also enjoying Edmonton. I'm seeing my friends, my family, the people I want to connect with the most. Um, and then October, uh, 
I made a promise to myself that I'm just going to leave for the winters, uh, you know, and I've, I've been doing that uh, for the last few years. So I think this winter, I don't think I can go to the States unless they lift the, the vaccine mandate. Um, so I think I'm going to probably go to Costa Rica and I haven't been there yet, but um, I kind of feel called to, to go there and spend the winter there. So. Beautiful, man. Dude, our lives are overlapping in so many ways here. So first of all, if you are in Kelowna, definitely let me know and know that every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m., my neighbor Mike Prince and I go and jump in the river and we actually record an episode of The Cold Plunge Truth, we call it. You're always welcome to join us on that little cold plunge. And then we're moving our family to Costa Rica in August. So we'll be there full time with our kids. Yeah, in Tamarindo. So keep that in mind as well, man. Oh, shit. So let me know. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna hit you up when I come to Kelowna and we'll get together and we'll chat about all that because uh, that sounds awesome. And I love cold therapy, dude, yeah. and I, I, I would love to do yeah. that with you. So that sounds great. Cool, we'll make that happen. And I got one last question for you, man, and you brought it up numerous times. You can see it on the wall right there. Be grateful. What is the one thing that you're most grateful for right now? Conversations like these, man. Could you imagine if we didn't have the internet like during these last two and a half years, like I'm so grateful to just chat about this kind of stuff. I live for conversations like this. I really do. You and me both brother. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm uh, grateful for you as well. And the conversation that we just had, where can people find out more about you connect with you? Follow the podcast, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, three things. I mean, you can check out the Mental Wealth Podcast, Mental Wealth Podcast, not Mental Health. Um, it's on all platforms, should be on any platform you search. And go uh, check out my Instagram at the Kaler Betts. Uh, and I do a lot of my stuff on Instagram. And if you resonated with any of the stuff that you know I talked about and you want to know you know more about our academy and our coaching, I have an amazing team. You also get uh, you know um, some opportunities potentially with calls with me. And um, if you just want to, if you just feel stuck, right, that's uh, maybe the best way I can put it for lack of a better term, then go to www.buildmentalwealth.co. That's .co. Okay, not .com, buildmentalwealth.co. And it's got some information on there. You can actually fill out an application. And if we feel like it might be a good fit, you may get on a call with us and talk about whether or not coaching can be right for you. And it can change everything. Coaching changed my life. We have a lot of amazing things going on. So if you feel compelled to do that, um, then feel free to visit that page and maybe we'll be talking one day. Right on. Thanks so much for doing this, man. I'll make sure to link all that up. And again, I appreciate you and what you're doing and anybody that's listening, that's feeling called, reach out, do the call with Kaylor thanks and his so team as well. Thanks, it's important Trevor. work. So right thanks, man. We'll you, see you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Trevor Turnbull show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel as well as on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. Yes.